What's happening, my friends? I'm John Lovell. This is The John Lovell Show. I know that's redundant. You'll get over it. Right off the rip, I'd like to say something I've said many times before. I'm a man on a journey. I haven't arrived. I'm getting new information. I'm synthesizing that, and I'm kind of growing and realizing stuff. And here's something that I realized. Before, there was this category called politics. I hate politics. I want to talk about politics. My contention was is politics didn't stay in its own realm. It gathered up all the other areas of life and human discipline. So everything has become a political issue. Even talking about the weather now, as benign as that, is now a political issue because of uh, climate change. Everything's politics now. Though I don't believe that anymore. I've said that quite a few times. I don't believe that anymore. We have left the era of politics. Politics has died, and something worse has taken its place. Today on The John Level Show, we're going to talk about exactly that. We're going to get into that discussion, and later we'll have our Q&A ambush section, which is really, really fun. It's filled with practical advice of like home defense and homesteading and homeschooling and all kinds of other off-the-cuff subjects that are directly from you guys to me. We also have our uh, famous dad joke section, which we end this with. We have a training tip. We may have some... Ben, are you rocking some... Uh, John, I always have hot topics for you. Hot topics with Ben, and so we'll hit that out, and that'll be the John Level Show. But without further ado, title package and into our subject. It's the Nero. I carry this often. I switch up my knives that I'm carrying sometimes, but I really like this one. I saw a, a picture of it. I'm kind of like, I'm not so sure, but as soon as I put hands on it, I adore it. It's got this little nub right here, so you can just hit down and it flings out in this real satisfying weight shifting way that makes me feel like a samurai ninja. I want you to throw fruit at me so I can fruit ninja it. It's uh, got a really good look. It's called the Nero, which is Italian for black. And it looks really, really cool. And it is an awesome, awesome blade, the Nero. Back in stock. So it's the death of politics, and it's the rise of something worse. Politics used to work from two separate sides, you know, bipartisan. You have the Republicans and you have the Democrats, wherever you fall. And then there's libertarians somewhere. And then your moderates and classic liberals and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing is it was always going toward a common goal on a common basis. It just had different ideas how to get there. The whole idea is we'll be one nation, you know, a united nation, uh, under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. We had certain ideals, uh, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, and freedom. And uh, you know that, that was freedom of speech and religion and all, all this stuff. We had a common basis we rallied around. Now, on the right and the left, we both had a different way which we arrived at that common good. So we agreed on that. And that era is gone. We no longer have a common ground because whereas politics has sucked everything up, it sucked up morality too. And in doing so, politics became more of a moral issue. And now it's become this hotbed where we have two competing ideas of right 
versus wrong. And that's what it is. It's not political discourse anymore. It's literally more fundamental. It's much deeper than that. It's a battle of what is morally right and morally wrong. Now, you know this is true because when you listen to the talking points, it's one side saying the other side is evil, and then it's the other side saying you're evil. Right now, to say how bad it's gotten, half the country thinks one of the top two presidential candidates should be in prison. That's how immoral half the country thinks of one presidential candidate. And the other top contender, the other half of the country thinks they should be in prison. Holy cow, what a powder keg. And it all comes down to the fact that we are divided morally. Foundationally, we don't have a common ground anymore. You can't even be a moderate anymore because it's not one idea where we're kind of right and left of it. It's that whole idea. We're now in a completely different plane. So, so you can't even be one side of the same, one different side of the same coin. It's a whole different coin. It's this side thinks the other side is evil and vice versa. That means public discourse cannot possibly survive it and will continue to get worse and worse and worse until we come to an ultimate tipping point. What I wanted to do in our show today is go through just a few of these indices to to just highlight the fact of it's not political discourse anymore. It's not bipartisan whatever. It's literally just a good old-fashioned battle of good versus evil. And I've chosen a few just bullet points that will typify exactly this, right? The first one I wanted to jump in. Actually, before we do it, peanut gallery. Do y'all mind if I call you the peanut gallery? That's a little condescending. I mean, peanut butter is delicious, so it's actually tasty and fine. I'm so glad you went in a more edifying way. I, I feel a little bit, you know you're more to me than a peanut gallery. Really? Heath, you're okay. a man with opinions and, and Man, beliefs. I appreciate that. No, I'm interested <laughs> to see where you're going to go here, John. Like, uh, I, I think you're right. It, it's it's gotten so much more serious than, hey, can we agree or disagree on some politics? It's it's past that. So I'm Would interested you, to see where it goes. Uh, we didn't talk about this beforehand. I just like, here's our title, and you're like, ooh, provocative. And I'm like, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Everything I just said, do you agree or disagree with it so far? Well, you know, I was listening to uh, Shapiro last week, and he said uh, polling data in the 90s, Democrats actually crossed that line first of viewing the other party as evil. In the 90s, they were polled that they didn't think that uh, Republicans were wrong. They thought they were evil. And it took Republicans a while to catch up to this. But to your point exactly, as of about 2014, Republicans finally turned the corner on that sentiment as well, where we stopped looking at Democrats as merely wrong and also started believing, yeah, they're evil as well. And so we're arriving exactly at the point you said where both parties are now looking at the other party and saying they're not just wrong, they're evil and a threat. And that is a dangerous place to be. I'm glad you said that. I think it's a mark of a mature thinker, somebody emotionally uh, in charge of all, all their thinking and their attitudes and their predispositions to be able to look at somebody who thinks differently than you instead of immediately castigating them as evil and wrong. You can be like, you know what? I'm going to deal with you in good faith, give you the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? You're not human excrement, devil incarnate. Perhaps you uh, have some semblance of decency about you and you just see differently than me. Could it be that you are not a horrid you know, a miscreant, and you just see a little different than me. It'd be so easy to unfairly castigate anyone that disagrees with me as morally evil. And so I really don't want to go that direction. So for instance, here's the idea of we would like to end poverty. 
you know, and something like that. Of like, well, what's good to be able to lift people out of poverty? And then our uh, economic machinations of socialism and capitalism both stand up and say, we'll take care of the poor. And now both will decry the other yeah. one is bad. But perhaps some of those well-intended socialists really do care about uh, taking yeah. care of those uh, underneath. Some yeah. of them don't. They just want power and control, and it's it's a, a, a veil for a authoritarian communism, and that's what we'd say. But perhaps there's some people that are really well-intended that believe that. Yeah. And perhaps they, they would give us the same benefit of, no, we think capitalism is good. For me, it'd be very easy for me to kick up my feet and say, nope, socialism— uh, communism, Marxism, whatever uh, thing you want to put on it, is the stealing of someone else's wealth. You take someone's productivity, you take their wealth, and then you redistribute it as you see fit. I'm like, well, th that looks, that's stealing. You can't just take someone's. That's not charity. That's yep. not charity. No, charity is when I freely take right. money I have or possessions I have and redistribute right. it willingly. Right. Socialism is not charity at all. It's when some suit up on the hill trades your vote for stealing money that they didn't earn to take it and redistribute it to pay for your vote and to be able to uh, wield more power for themselves. That's immoral. That's wrong to me. But I want to give some benefit of the doubt for some well-meaning folks that just don't really understand that. And I'd hope they'd give that back. And so I think it's a mistake to just all of a sudden take anyone that disagrees you and label them evil. That is so, so bad and counterproductive, and I haven't wanted to do that. But the problem is, is the issues I'm looking in front of me, I I can't come to any other—I I have to. It's no longer policy. It seems like there's a divergence in worldview that boils down to the basics of core morality. That's right. And that is where the rubber is really hitting the road now in, in our era, I think. And that's why I think political discussion has denigrated down— to a baseline of moral foundation, and there's two separate morality. One says, nope, morality is something we get from a moral lawgiver. There are certain truths. Yep. Uh, murder should always be wrong no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's not a social construct. It's not something that you existentially just pull from your own self and say, this is wrong today, but it might be right for another culture. I'm like, I think there's certain moral laws. And others, folks, say, nope, morality is relative, and, and it's just something that we create. And if it's relative, well, then you're tossed to and fro on a sea that's nebulous and changing. And so, uh, hey, Hitler can make a good argument that in cleansing the gene pool, he is philanthropically taking care of all humanity by making us stronger organisms. And you may be like, well, yeah, but it's through eugenics. You're murdering people. He's like, aha, but for the common future good. Yeah, man. And eugenics and, was, the, was the hot thing in the 1930s. We look at it now, we're like, eh, but in the 30s, like that was the ticket, you know? Right. And my point here is, is in talking about morality in relativistic terms, you can justify all kinds of horrific evils. So let's jump into one. The very first thing is here's a political discussion that isn't a political discussion at all. It's puberty blockers, which is the same as chemical castration. There was some uh, some push that's utterly fallen to trash that this is something that's reversible and anytime a kid wants to be like, nope, let's let's go ahead and turn puberty back on. Once you kind of miss that window, your for your skeletal system, your nervous system, your body is forever 
damaged because of that. And the likelihood of you being able to have a vibrant uh, natural sexual life goes away of you can't have kids anymore because you were chemically castrated by puberty blockers and the mutilation of minors too. They call it gender affirming surgeries to put on this nice name, but really it's the mutilation of little kids, little kids that uh, can't consent to a whole host of things like voting or firearms ownership or driving or a whole, they can't go get a tattoo, but they can cut off their genitals. If they can't get a tattoo, but they can cut off their genitals is just wild. Outrageous. And so the idea that you would be able to chemically castrate or mutilate little kids uh, is reprehensible. It's a moral evil. I can't do it any other way. Uh, it, it, it's child abuse is what it is. And I say anyone that engages in this type of stuff and, and these uh, moves to take pedophilia and rebrand it as a minor attracted person. Like, man, that, that, that's super evil. I think a wood chipper for you is too quick and generous of a punishment. And it's super, super evil. It's not a political issue. It's just a battle of right and wrong. And so you can't have common yeah. ground on these issues. Common ground yeah. is gone. You can't be like, well, let's, let's cut off some genitals and not others. Let's be moderate about this. I'm like, no, no, no. This is a point of no return. Evil and good. That's the only way that that egg rolls down one side of the roof on that issue. The second issue I wanted to go into is the cartels and fentanyl. Right now we have an open southern border. And you'd think of like, hey, let's be one nation under God. I'm like, well, you can't be a nation if you don't have a border. Literally, definitively, if you don't have a border, you don't have outline constraints for being a nation. And so what does a nation have? Well, nations has borders. And if you don't have borders, you're not a nation. So an open border right now, over 100,000 illegal immigrants are just pouring over the border. And our federal government knows it. They could have stopped it a long time ago. They just don't want to. They have all kinds of plans and benefits that they're gaining from that. But where it's hurting the American people is drug cartels are pouring over and controlling huge areas already, and they're pumping a very dangerous drug called fentanyl into the United States. Right now, after abortion, it is the leading cause of death for young people. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, there's been drug seizures where there'll be a drug seizure, they grab some fentanyl, and it's such a potent drug, some of these seizures, there'll be enough in that one seizure to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States. That's how deadly this stuff is. And so this right here of like, man, it's almost like a biological weapon. Yeah, we've got we've got quite a few of those these days, (laughs) right? (laughs) All man-made manufactured, by the way. So again, of like, I look at something like that, I'm like, hey, we're we're losing tens of thousands of young people to this drug, uh, and close the border. One nation, you know, under God, let's have a nation. If immigrants want to come in legally then we have a process for that. We welcome you. We're a country of immigrants. We are great with immigration. We don't care anymore. Yeah, come on, man. A rock on. But 100000 a month illegally. That's the way you lose a nation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with this. This is, mm-hmm. this is not just politics as usual. This is an issue of right and wrong. Do you care about kids? You want cartels and dangerous, violent crime and chemical substances, which can wipe out our entire country? Do you care at all about them? It's right or wrong, yes or no. And it's like this is this is 
morally reprehensible. Close the border. This is not a political issue any more than the puberty blockers, the chemical castration and the mutilation of minors is a political issue. It's just an issue of right and wrong. I'm done playing politics. Quit murdering people. Quit butchering people. Quit molesting people. That's it. Politics. It's just a battle of right and wrong churched up under the guise of political correctness. That's all it is. Awful. Let's move on to point three. Trafficking and slavery. Right now, we have more human slaves in the world than at any point in history prior. Just looks a little different or we just don't see it at all. Uh, The Sound of Freedom movement, I've referenced it in a JLS show in the past already. I saw that movie deeply profound and it uncovered a lot of stuff that us Americans either don't want to know or simply just don't know. But sexual slave trade is running rampant all over the the world. And right now, as the movie said at the very end, saying the U.S. is the main consumer of that. But it's not just the sexual slavery happening everywhere. It's actual human slavery and, and kind of labor camps. And it's what's happening in China in a lot of these places. It's in the Congo. It's in the Sudan. Slavery is everywhere. In many places where Sharia law has been declared, they actually have slaves. Yet our social justice warriors in the United States are such beautiful instruments of the state that they're programmed to decry the racism of slavery in the U.S., which we fought a war to abolish. And then we had a president who was black twice, eight years to prove of like, man, holy cow, he reached the highest office in the land. Could there be a more obvious earmarker that we have equal opportunity, that we have opportunity. You can go in a 150-year span from being a slave to being the president of the United States and leader of the free world. Holy cow, but they want to still say, nope, it's systematic racism in the United States. While meanwhile, we have actual literal slaves all over the world. Do you hear the social justice warriors picketing Islam that's doing this or China who's paying their bills? Negative. Why? Because they are indoctrinated by a propagandist state who finds it in their benefit to, in a Marxist fashion, make us fight against each other and tear us apart so that we, as in fighting each other, we don't recognize that it is our ruling elites and betters uh, that are taking large swaths of our wealth and our power to thrust us into an authoritarian state. We don't say we're so stupid. We don't even see it. And this is wrong and evil, the stuff that is happening. It is human trafficking. It is slavery. It's all over the world. And if I saw these social justice warriors on the left calling out these crimes against humanity worldwide, then I I, I wouldn't judge them so harshly. Mm -hmm. But here, if you really believe what you say, if you're really against racism and slavery, where is your outrage for the millions of slaves in China and and, and throughout the Islamic empire, uh, throughout the Congo, throughout, throughout Sudan? Where is your outrage for that? Fourth one I already alluded to, abortion, the leading cause of young people in the United States. I've read a statistic somewhere that you, a baby in the womb has a one in four chance of being murdered by its own mother. One in four. 25% is the most dangerous place you could possibly be in America. Isn't downtown lefty Chicago? It's in your mother's stomach. The one who's supposed to care for you is now becoming the uh, greatest source of killing our young people in the United States. Now, this is also noteworthy. This is an amazing thing to say. But throughout all human history, it's men 
who have been going into wars, maybe, maybe riling up those wars as well. And so you could, uh, women, feminists could look at men and say, look at you, you bunch of scourges on the planet. You've painted history red with all of your wars and women know better, except women have now supplanted us. Women, you are responsible for more deaths now than men are. You are the top murderers in the world now, not men. We've held the crown for all of human history until the rec- until recent times. And now through abortion, nearly 40 million babies murdered each year worldwide. That crown now goes to women who are allowing their own kids to be killed under their command. That is morally reprehensible. It's evil. And now before anyone tries to sing us to sleep with uh, these limp-wristed things of like, it's not a life, it's a clump of cell. All these arguments are ringing so hollow these days. I'm like, all right, if a baby in the womb is a lump of cell, well, you're a lump of cells as well. You know, of like, no, it's a growing human life. That's what it is. And trying to convince us that this baby inside a woman growing with its own unique DNA sequence, it may have a different blood type from the mother, uh, with its own heartbeat, with its own mind, with its fingers and toes, it has pain receptors, and it uh, moves away from the needle that tries to lethally inject us. It recoils when it's dismembered through a, a traumatizing, violent abortion in the womb of like, this is a human life. And I know that you want your freedom and your consequence-free sex so that you can move on toward your goals. But man, keep the baby adopted out. There's this long line of parents that would desperately love to adopt that baby. I was in that line for two years, uh, and there just weren't babies to go around. We had a nursery set up in our guest room with a little crib and stuffed animals. Uh, my wife still can't really talk about it. And we, after a while, we stopped going in that room. As soon as cases came down the flight, we said yes to it. Yes. Uh, and, and like some of the cases were just so sad. It was like, here's a mom who's homeless. She gave birth while high on meth. If you pay us $50,000 and say yes right now. And we're like, yes, yes, give me that baby. I don't care. I'll take the baby. And there's this, this, this line, just a non, never-ending line of parents that are just aching to adopt babies and rescue them. And we just can't stop the moms from killing them. If like carry the baby for nine, 10 months and give it a hope and a future, there's loving homes ready that have gone through these arduous selection processes. And the fact that you won't even give up the baby to a loving home, don't murder the baby, give it to the loving home. You'd be like, no, I don't want to have a big bump for 10 months and then get doped up for a delivery or a C-section. Like, it just looks evil because it's evil. That's what it, it, it looks evil because it's evil. Now, all the issues I've mentioned so far, they're pretty obvious and, and pretty sensationalistic. This one is more of a slow creep, but I'm having more and more of a problem with it as I think about it. And that's where we're being taxed into slavery. Our taxes are so wildly high. And then especially with runaway inflation, uh, the, the distance our dollars go is very, very small. A lot of folks just can't make it anymore. And people are spilling into alarming debt. Where now folks are just trying to pay off interest and they have no real hope of even paying down that debt as things currently are. I think the goal of our authoritarian government is to uh, bankrupt us. And the hope is, is they'll own everything when all is done. They're not hurting. You're hurting. I'm hurting. There was a quote. I heard Andrew Clavin of the Daily Wire say this. When you tax somebody, you take their money. 
when you take their money, you're working, you're giving your time for the money. So when you take their money, you take their time. And when you take their time, you take their life. I don't know exactly where it is, where, where the tax rate becomes uh, irresponsible. It becomes wrong. It becomes uh, enslaving. But we are certainly on that track. I know uh, when we initially declared our independence, it was over a very small amount of taxes, like a 3% tax. And, uh, and, and it was taxation without representation, which is a little bit how I feel because our representatives are not representing us and they're taxing us into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. uh, I, yep. I think the uh, yep. Declaration of Independence, which I, I recently read, I, I mentioned this in a, a different video of like when I read through their list of ailments, the problems that they had, which they were declaring a declaration, they were far less than a lot of these crimes and uh, enslaving issues. But I think it is a very morally evil thing to be taxed into slavery. And that's already happening. And now it's reaching a tipping hey, point. You, you posted that video of that lady in Canada yeah. uh, recently on your Twitter. I hadn't seen that, but um, she yeah. is, what is she? She's like a 30 or 30, 40 year old. She's just nailed a great job. She said a $40,000 a year job. And even with that, she has absolutely no idea how she can survive on uh, pay her rent and her groceries. Yeah. And she's like living on ramen noodles. There's one gal, she gets a loaf of bread and she tries to make that last the week. And she, she, she's rationing food to be able to just survive. And she's cohabitated. She's doing everything she can. And she was weeping, just saying, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. I can't get a better job. I don't have time to work another job. Yep. I cannot pay my bills. That's, yeah. And I think that's what the uh, tyrants want is like, no, no, no. We'll make it impossible for you to make a living. So you have to depend on the government. So in the creation of a welfare state, we gobble up all money and all land and all property and all business. And now we control it all. And that's why Oliver Anthony's song struck a chord. That's it. That's, that's why it, it struck a chord, man. So taxed into slavery. So we had puberty blockers and chemical castration, mutilation of uh, minors, uh, cartels and fentanyl, trafficking, human slavery, abortion, taxation into slavery. Uh, Look at these crimes against humanity. It's all like mutilation. It's murder. It's slavery. This is huge stuff. But I would also say just rampant corruption of our representatives are supposed to be uh, doing good for us. They're supposed to be public servants, but they're not serving us. They've taken the briefcases of money. We know it. They all immediately become multi-multi-millionaires. Uh, something is getting dirt on them, and they're just not representing us. They pretend to, but most of them don't. That's why I hate politics, and I just generally have a disdain for almost all politicians. I still think there's a few good ones out there, and man, they are few and far between. But I see the rampant corruption uh, of of the highest levels of office I see a DOJ that is complicit in all kinds of terrible, terrible scandals, and the public knows about it. We're still being like, hey, where's Epstein's client list? We know you have it. Where's that active shooter's manifesto? What is on Hunter Biden's laptop? We know you know. Yeah, I mean, tell us. The the collusion between the DOJ and his prosecutor that's unraveling as we speak this week. You know, that kind of stuff. It seems that the, the governmental actors have, have gone away from the public good and over to personal causes. That's right. They have left the public good, and they're not only motivated for personal gain and personal causes. Yeah. It's amazing to me that Biden and Trump are, have been guilty of the same mishandling of classified documents. 
Yet one has been arrested multiple times, and the other, he's sitting pretty in the Oval Office with no issues. Eating ice cream. Yeah, eating going, ice cream. Going on lots three vacations of vacation. a month. Amazing. And so it's kind of like a just completely uh, banana republic uh, doling out of justice. Yes. And I'm like, man, this is, this is, this is evil. This is wrong. This is wrong. And uh, yeah, that's why Oliver Anthony's song is top charts. Hey, it needs to be equal application of justice. If you're going to charge Trump with RICO, great. Then also go after Obama and Hillary and probably Bush as well. Like equal application then. Fine, but go after everyone equally. And we're not. We're picking the winner and the loser. And the loser is the opposition party who's not in power. This is a real big problem because we have rampant corruption. Uh, I know it, I know we got a bunch of rhinos in the Republican Party. So me being like, I'm a Republican. No, I'm against most of the Republicans as well. Yeah. I'm against the Democrats. I'm against the Republicans. I'm against the entire political corrupt machine in that I'm, it's not I'm actually against Republicans and Democrats. I'm against corruption. So if we are corrupt in the Republican Party, drain the swamp. If we're, or if we're corrupt in the Democratic Party— Drain the swamp. Yeah. Do both. I don't care. I just don't want corruption. I don't want e- I'm against evil. I'm for the good. That that's where my stand is politically. And I'm like, well, that's not politics. That's more. I'm like, that's the whole point of this episode. <laughs> the whole, that politics, that's why I named it what I did. <laughs> politics is dead. And all that remains is a battle of good and evil. But people are so lulled in to this bipartisanship and it's tribalism. It's like, I'm a Republican and the Democrats are evil. I'm like, well, what if the Republicans and the Democrats are evil? What if it's just that that right there? What if it, almost every almost everyone in, in those two camps are really corrupt? What if one is worse than the other? But still, it's drain the swamp. Hear me on this. It's not that I, I want the Republicans to have all the power and the Democrats not. I'm like, no, I want the whole machine to shrink. Hear me. That's what I'm saying. This humongous government, it's I, it's not that I want the Republicans running it and not the Democrats. I want the whole machine to shrink dramatically. And then I want some Republicans in charge who didn't take the big briefcase of money. That's what I'd like. Much smaller government so that you're in charge of your affairs. And I think the most of the power that's wielded by the federal government should be wielded by the states, which was the original intention. But even greater still, the power really of like a lot of the federal government has powers they shouldn't. A lot of that should be given to the states. But most of that still should remain with the individual and the family. That's what I want. I'd like freedom uh, so that I am not – I was talking with uh, Nick Freitas. He is the uh, Virginia congressman. And he's like somehow – and we're going to talk about this. I'm about to go on a show, but I have to spill it now. Uh, He's like somehow you've been convinced – that freedom means voting for a political suit of like if you vote, that's, that's the pinnacle of your freedom. It means choose between this man and this man. And because you're choosing between these two Ha-ha, different folks, democracy. there's your freedom. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's, that's not free freedom to vote for this corrupt person or this corrupt person. Freedom. <laughs> that doesn't sound super great. And so uh, Nick said that I'm just like, man, mm. I don't like politicians. I like him. Mm. I like him because I don't think he's a politician. I think he's a good man. That's my hunch. That's my read of like, ah, he's a politician, but he's not a politician. I like him because I think he's a good man. He's a courageous man. He's a former special forces cat. I think he's a, anyway, I don't think he took the briefcase of money. Yeah. Uh, Right. If he did, he wouldn't be talking to me. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, anyway, I look forward to that. Totally. That's why I always totally have that caveat. I can't just say, you, <laughs> you know, I, I did have the attitude a little bit uh, before of like, John, uh, what do you think about politics? I think they're all a bunch of. Sure. Yeah. I've heard you say it. Liars and thieves. That's what I think. There's my political statement. But I've met some that I'm like, oh, nope. There's a few little outliers here. And then everyone else, a bunch of thieves and liars. So uh, anyway, uh, next week, what I want to do is I want to kind of answer this of like, oh, this sucks. What in the world do we do about that? And I'm like, well, next week, I want to answer it with surviving the coming dystopia. That's my working title. may shift a little bit, but how do we survive this impending upcoming dystopia, which we're careening toward? Now, some folks in, in an erroneous inductive uh, rationale will think, well, no, 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 we're good. We've been here a long time. It's going to kind of ebb and flow. Don't be an alarmist, John. Don't say anything crazy. I'm like, bro, things keep getting worse. You know it, even here. Even if your mind is too scared to say it out loud and be like, man, things are getting worse. Our country can't go on like this forever. Remember, half the country wants Biden in jail. The other half wants Trump in jail. We've never been on that terrain before that the top two presidential candidates uh, are both good contenders for the Oval Office or prison. Yeah. Like, you, you can't. That's that's not a sustaining kind of thing. Whoever doesn't end up in office ends up in jail. Banana Republic stuff. That, my friends, is the fall of the Republic. Just that one. Indus- that's all you actually need. That snapshot right there should do something uh, to wake us up to just how dire uh, the situation is. So make sure you join us next week. I'm looking at a list of this is what we do about it practically at our level. And it's not just vote for the man. <laughs> the man is not your friend. The man is not your friend. Quit looking to political messiahs. There's only one messiah, and he wasn't a politician. He was the one who arbitrated right and wrong because he was the author of the right, you know? Uh, and I mean, I don't mean that if like the conservative right, I mean moral right. Mm-hmm. He is the moral lawgiver. He's the God man Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Folks listening in on podcast, thanks for tuning in. We're back next week with the John Level Show. If you want this full episode, man, it, you just got to check it out to see what you're missing. But watch WPSN.com. Great way to support us. We need your support. Watch WPSN.com. Sign up there and then you can download the app on whatever place you want to check out apps. This is the John Lovell Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you guys.